It is October, which means it's Halloween season. And if you cannot tell from this voiceover, I freaking love Halloween. It is the most wonderful time of the year. And here is why. First of all, everybody's talking about my favorite thing, magic. But really the root of why I love Halloween so much, and I have loved Halloween since I was a wee itty bitty baby, by the by. The reason I love Halloween so much is it is the one time of year we get to let the weirder parts of ourselves that we keep hidden throughout the rest of the year out into the world, let the freak flag fly and freaking enjoy it. There is something so beautiful about giving ourselves permission to be a little bit curious about the darker side of ourselves, to lean into what are the nerdy, weird things that I actually don't necessarily want to admit bring me joy all the time, but during Halloween, it's okay because everyone's just playing. Everyone's dressing up. Halloween is the holiday that gives us permission to just try out whatever and not judge ourselves for it. I could not have had a better guest to bring in the Halloween season with than my friend, Matthew Woods. Matt is a visual artist and illustrator working and living in New York City, and he creates absolutely gorgeous, charming, macabre artwork that celebrates the strange and unusual year round. And like me, Halloween is his favorite day of the year. And he tries to bring a bit of that spooky weirdness to everything he does. If you want a visual element to go along with this episode so that you understand what we're talking about when we talk about his character, Pumpkinhead and Ghost and Scully, you can head to his Instagram at Hallow Woods. Hallow like Halloween, Woods like his last name. If I had to pick a overall theme for this episode. It is that authenticity pays off every single time. It's a really hard lesson I had to learn myself this year that dimming parts of ourselves, dimming our weird or our the things that make us feel alive that we might be a little embarrassed to share with people, the things that make us feel really vulnerable to admit. Um It's a hard lesson to learn that the more you repress that, the less people actually are attracted to you and like you. And the flip side is true as well. The more authentic you are, the more you let that freak flag fly, the more you stop worrying about fitting in or presenting a perfect picture to the world or to a partner or to a friend group, whatever it is. When you stop worrying about all that shit, magic happens. So please welcome my beautiful, beautiful friend, artist, illustrator, activist, Matthew Woods to find your magic. And if you leave this episode with nothing else, 
What I hope you do when the recording ends is I hope that you leave and go do something that brings you unadulterated joy that you might be a little bit embarrassed to admit that you like. I hope you go do crazy ass makeup in the mirror for absolutely no reason. I hope you try out an open mic night. I hope you built out an embarrassing uh, Olivia Rodrigo song in the shower. Whatever it is, I hope that you just do something where you are letting your freak flag fly, whatever that means to you. So with that, please welcome my dear, dear friend, Matt Woods, to find your magic. So Matt, I want to start this interview because you are just my dear friend anyway, but you are also one of my closest, nerdiest friends. And we share a love of nerdery. And I came to you before we hit record saying that I was nervous because I was going to join a Dungeons and Dragons group after never having played, but having always wanted to try it. And I would love for you to share with my magic makers what you just told me about how Dungeons and Dragons nerds are the most accepting nerds. <laughs> they are, they are. First of all, you're going to do great. Collaborative Thanks. storytelling is right up your alley. Thank you. Um, and D&D nerds are the best kind of nerds. They're so accepting because the role-playing aspect of Dungeons and Dragons allows you to test out parts of yourself that before you do it in real life. So yeah. I was on uh, I was on a queer panel talking about our experiences playing D&D. And there's a trans woman who was saying that she got to, through her character, kind of transition before doing it in real life. Like before she had come out to even her, the other players within the game. Wow. And it was so beautiful to hear her talk about like how it was such a, like a therapy for her. Completely. I think there is probably a piece of shared vulnerability too. Mm -hmm. I think that it would be impossible to have a good time playing (laughs) any sort of game, but just like social interaction in general, Mm -hmm. um, in that capacity without some sort of shared vulnerability. And it it reminds me of being in theater as a kid where you're like, listen, everybody's going to look stupid. Everybody's going to crack on the high note in rehearsal. Everybody's going to screw up the choreography. That's part of what this is. It's shared vulnerability. And those were always my closest relationships growing up because there's nothing more amazing than being completely vulnerable in front of somebody and having them be like, yes, and or like yeah. me too, or I'm going to fall even harder. Like I was so nervous going into it because even though I I also studied theater in college, <laughs> um, I even though I'm a theater nerd, I was still nervous about the role play. I was like, am I going to be any good? I've never done this before. <laughs> You're like practicing be judgy? your, your yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, top of the morning to ya. All of the characters that I play are like, their aspects of my own personality. So mm. they're they're quickly the fear dispelled, which is a fun spell in D and D. Dispel magic. Ooh, uh, I'm already excited. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the, my fear dispelled because I wasn't. I was like half playing a character and half expressing myself. You know, which I feel like is art. 
right? Yes. Like, oh, yes. Art is digging deep into a very specific, authentic part of ourselves and presenting mm-hmm. it in a certain way so that it hits people and makes them feel something. Yes. Which um, brings me to why we're even <laughs> talking. I mean, so, okay. So you guys heard in the intro who Matt is, what he does, but I really want to talk about why I specifically wanted Matt on the podcast because he is the best example in my life of bringing your authentic self to your art from a place of opening the door for the people behind you. Mm. That's how I feel about wow, that's pumpkin so complimentary. Head and, Thank you. It's well, it's true. And of course you're welcome. But I think that this whole podcast, this whole idea of finding your magic, you put it so beautifully when you said that this expression through art is part of finding your magic, right? It's like this constant, mm-hmm. it's almost like an excavation site. Like, what are we going to find yes. in there today? What are we going <laughs> to find inside today? I do find that I'm like constantly peeling the layers of myself, my walls, my preconceived notions, my judgments, everything about what I think of myself to discover a new thing that I love or learn or want to express. I not not to dive in too heavy right away. No, hey, uh, go as heavy as you want. I've got I've got tissues right here. All right, perfect. <laughs> uh, I have this um this like kind of fear mm-hmm. that the I will never be able to express the me that I know on the inside. There's not mm-hmm. enough pictures to draw, not enough words to say to be able to get the whole inside me out to the world. Yes. And I think that, I think that social media has helped and hurt in a certain way. Completely. I think that like getting obsessed with being over polished and sparkly and shiny on the internet is kind (laughs) of the detriment side of it. Yeah. Um, but also like having the opportunity to let, so when I present my artwork online, I do all the editing and stuff, of course, ahead of time, but it has been a constant evolution of what it was like to start and what it was, what it is like now. Mm. It's the same character that I draw, but like there has been a real arc as I have become more comfortable with presenting myself through this character that I draw. Yeah, completely. God, I really want to dive into this social media thing with you because (laughs) I think it also speaks to a very real challenge that artists, entrepreneurs, anyone who's trying to make money from something they've created, we all go through this constant push-pull of branding and because it's valuable. Like it just is. And, um, wanting to present in such a way where people trust you. And part of that is like social proof and showing like, look, I have a very nice website and I have years of experience and I have whatever, whether you're an artist or a, or a business person, doesn't matter. And yet there's this extra little psychological something about social media in particular 
where it's really hard to find that balance of connecting authentically and branding. It's, it's like the challenge of our lifetime. And I really think that our age group in particular, like early thirties, mid thirties, people who really have had their entire like twenties and into our thirties presenting on social media. It's like, we've gone, we've gone through the arc (laughs) (laughs) along with the market. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's true. And like, I, I saw everything is, I see everything has like its duality Mm -hmm. and words like branding and engagement and Mm -hmm. content. They make me cringe. I hate them, but Mm -hmm. it's also what I do. Exactly. Like pumpkin head is a brand. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm wearing a t-shirt that I made right now. Yeah. In case there's a video option on this and I there want is. to see it. There I you know. go. <laughs> it's not an accident. I did right. it on purpose. Exactly. Branding. branding. But also talking about branding makes me like, ooh, I just want to, I just want to do the thing. I just want to be myself. Yes. And I think that why you are so successful, Matt, is because you do both at the same time. Like, and I think that that is such a key to finding one's magic is how do I find the most authentic piece of myself to share so that there is no doubt that my brand is synonymous with my art. My -hmm. brand is synonymous with my gift, maybe might be the better phrase, right? So like (laughs) it's, and it it constantly calibrates because our art Mm -hmm. changes, we change, things evolve. Um, But I would really encourage anybody listening, if you're in a place where you're like, I just need to make money, because I think a lot of art uh, artists, entrepreneurs, people who create were, we always have that in the back of our heads of like, I just want to do the thing, but I also have to pay my rent. When you're in that space, lean more into the thing that makes you unique and the thing that makes you come alive, Mm -hmm. because that's the thing that sets you apart that makes people like you, that makes people want to buy things from you. (laughs) That is exactly it. Like (laughs) when I started my Instagram page, I started with Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, Hollow Woods. It was originally going to be a t-shirt company because I love black t-shirts. I have a large black t-shirt collection. In New York City, that's saying something. That's dedication. (laughs) (laughs) No closet space. Hundreds Uh, uh, of black t-shirts. Like my my whole dresser in my bedroom is practically black Mm -hmm. t-shirts. So because that is a passion of mine, I was like, I'm going to like start a t-shirt company and I'm going to involve all these other artists and didn't really know where to start. I didn't have a good grasp on... Photoshop or Illustrator or any of those things that really help with designing t-shirts and things like that. Um, I do everything by hand. And so I just started drawing this character, Pumpkinhead, kind of as a a cheer me up. I was feeling a little glum in December around Christmas time. Oh, it's the worst. Halloween hangover is the worst. (laughs) And so I drew this character kind of to like cheer myself up, inspire me. And it just got on a roll and I draw Pumpkinhead all the time. He has become like my mascot, my serial character, my stand-in, my therapy, um, 
t-shirts fell quickly away and I just focused on Pumpkinhead and blooming from that like a pumpkin in a patch. Yeah. There <laughs> has you go. come all these other wonderful opp opportunities yes. that I hadn't expected or planned on. And now I, I don't own a t-shirt company. I am a working artist doing commissions and freelance and all sorts of odd stuff. I was hired to carve pumpkins a couple of Halloweens ago in the window oh my of a God. restaurant as a performance art piece on Halloween. What a job! Like, are you kidding me? This is what happens when you lean into your gifts. This is what happens, Truly, you guys. Yeah. Like, I would die. If, the, if, someone, if someone told me that, I'd be like, that's fake. That's not a real job. That's not a real mm -hmm. gig that I could actually do. Oh my God. And what it was on Sixth Avenue as the New York City Halloween parade rolled on by. What a dream. It was so much fun. That is so much fun. So I want to take it back mm -hmm. a little bit because Pumpkinhead has become this like fully realized character, right? So if you guys go to Hallow Woods on Instagram, if you go to Matt's website, you'll see, I mean, it's, it, there's, he does a Halloween countdown. Um, you should definitely visit um, right now. The reason we're kicking October off with Matt's interview is because he's participating in something called Inktober, which we'll get into. Mm -hmm. But I want to take it back to before you had this fully realized character who I feel like is this reflection of you right? He's like a yes. pretty confident, he's a pretty confident guy. He knows what he loves, but he has glum days too. Mm -hmm. But I love for you to talk about what it was like before you found that and how I feel like a lot of us spend so much time feeling desperate to fit in and to create something that mm. other people are going to like yeah. instead of what you just said, which was that moment where you were like, I needed something to cheer me up. And that ended mm -hmm. up being the thing. I always love to talk to people about the before. So would you mm -hmm. mind going into that a little bit? Of course. So I grew up in small town, Massachusetts, kind of a preppy area. Um, and for the majority of my life, I was so desperate to be cool, to be popular, to fit in. I wore my like Abercrombie and Fitch like a champion. I was like in How it. How many to rugby win shirts it. did you own? All of them. I was obsessed. <laughs> obsessed. Do you know what was my like really embarrassing Abercrombie and Fitch fashion moment was the tearaway pants. Mm, I had mm -hmm. like bright Kelly green. Ooh, mine were orange. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> With a white track stripe down the side mm -hmm. and green snaps. And I'll be damned if I didn't go to middle school dance camp in those oh, yeah. tearaway pants every day of my life. <laughs> yeah. The year was 1998 and my <laughs> pants, my cargo pants would zipper off the bottom no, half of them in case I spontaneously needed shorts. <laughs> It was a dark time. It was, it was a dark, dark time. time for fashion. Oh God. Oh man. Continue. So like in those days, I was pretending to be something I wasn't. It's a costume. I was, yeah, it, right. I was pretending to be like, 
athletic and like easygoing and straight and <laughs> like all <laughs> sorts of things that I just wasn't. And I was slowly making myself miserable, trying to force myself into this mold of like an ideal that I had in my head that whether I put it there or society put it there or advertising put it there, who knows, but I was obsessed. Yeah. And after going to college, finding the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let's do the time warp, baby. Oh man, don't dream it, be it, truly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I came out to my friends and family and started peeling those layers away. And it has been a process since then. And today I'm so much happier. I've learned that you can't be cool you just are. Being you is cool. You doing the things you like to do with the people you like to do them that like you back for yeah. who you are is cool. It's always been there. You are the cool. You are the cool. That's yes. the tagline of this episode. Hey, magic makers. I could not be more thrilled that one of my favorite companies in the world has generously decided to sponsor this podcast. And that company is Kajabi. If you're an online course creator, or you've ever thought about creating an online course, chances are you've probably heard of them because they're the number one, most trusted knowledge commerce platform. But what I really would love to tell you guys is how much Kajabi really helped my entire business. Um, and I'm just a fan of them. So I'm so thrilled to be able to share more about all the different products that they have under the Kajabi umbrella. I personally got rid of like five or six other platforms that I was paying for because Kajabi actually replaced those platforms and enabled me to have everything in one seamless place. So I've got my online courses on Kajabi. I've got my templates. I've got my podcast hosted on Kajabi. I use them for all of my email marketing. Basically anything that I need for my business is completely taken care of on Kajabi. And right now they're offering a free 30 day trial, which is so great. It's more than enough time to really understand how the platform works, if it's right for you. And you can go to kelseyformost.com slash Kajabi to learn all about the platform. I've really laid it out in super simple terms for you guys. So you can learn all about why I am a fan for life of Kajabi. That's K-A-J-A-B-I. It's, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And I want to also say that, um, it's a constant process because we can't get down on ourselves for those moments where like, we might be fully confident in who we are and know who we like to be around and all of that and feel very grounded in our gifts and still have days where we're like, shit, like she's so much prettier or mm -hmm. he's so much more, I don't know, popular on Instagram, whatever it is. 
And don't forget that even as a fully confident, realized human being, you still have that kid in you, right? Like we all have that eighth grader and tearaway pants inside of us. I would love to throw him on the pyre and discard him, but I can't. But we can't. He's still me. He's still you. Yes. And it's okay to have those moments and to acknowledge, oh, this is tearaway pants, Kelsey, um, who's afraid that she's not going to get asked to dance at eighth grade formal. It's Mm -hmm. okay. You're safe. It's okay. And the more you can learn to recognize that that's who's showing up taking it back to this social media conversation. I think that I, I honestly feel like social media has put me mentally in middle school so often where, um, it's so easy to compare yourself. It's so easy to get addicted to validation. Um, it's so easy to suppress your own gift because you're afraid of how people are going to react because they expect a certain thing from you. This podcast is a perfect example. I was nervous as I'll get out because I thought people know me for copywriting mainly. How are people going to react when now, quote, all of a sudden I want to talk more about mental health? And I just said, fuck it and jumped. And the reception of this has been better than anything else I've put out into the world. You have to learn the lesson over and over and over again for the rest of your life is what I'm trying to say. And your eighth grade tearaway pants self is going to learn them along with you. Mm -hmm. I thank him for his service, but (laughs) you can go now. Yes. Thank you for trying to keep me safe, tearaway pants, Kelsey. It's okay. I've got this. For sure. (laughs) For sure. So Matt, talk to me a little bit about advice that you might give somebody who wants to be a working artist who wants to lean more fully into their art, um, but is feeling nervous maybe to leave a day job or leave something more stable in order to make room for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I know is a very big question that I'm yeah, just laying it's on. All right. <laughs> uh, so something I wish that I had paid more attention to when I started is something that I've already said, which is not to be obsessed with over-polishing. Like the, that presentation to the world that, um, everything with you is perfect and you're just, you woke up like this. People don't always connect with like the glossy overproduced brand. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone wants to see some humanity. So it's it's hard, but also try and show your humanity. Like you said that Pumpkinhead is like strong and confident and excited about all sorts of things and he remains positive. <laughs> but I like I one time drew a picture of him holding a hammer with his pumpkin head all smashed to bits on a really bad day um, when I was feeling pretty down about myself and didn't share it for a Mm. long time and really yeah yeah, probably a year later came around and was like okay I can talk about like my self-damaging thoughts today I'm feeling okay and I can talk about when I wasn't yes um and I it's not that you you need to put yourself out so exposed if you don't 
if you aren't ready to, but you know, a little bit of like bloopers or when you screw something up, um, people like connect with things not going always the way you expect them to, because that's how life is. Yes. Like whenever I have a big announcement to make and I like record this like video and edit it and put all the things in, um, I often find that if I put like a blooper reel at the (laughs) end, people pay way more attention to that than they do whatever announcement I just made. They forget about like, I have a new t-shirt out or I'm doing this thing or they like, I get dozens of responses of being like oh my god that was so funny I can't believe you but that's so true that's so true and those are that's what we remember too um yeah copywriter uh slash psychology nerd moment Mm -hmm. the brain remembers story and um like humor more than any other type of I guess you could say content um Mm -hmm. if you tell someone a fact they're not going to remember it. If you tell someone a fact in the context of a story, they are way more likely to remember it. If you tell someone a fact in the context of a story that has a punchline, they will 100% remember it (laughs) and retell it later. That's how it works. Um, Yeah. It's don't be afraid, as Matt said, to be both like vulnerable in when we say vulnerable, that just means real and authentic. That doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean like super You don't have sad. to tell your dark secrets. Yeah, but you also can do that. Like you can do if both things to. if you want to. If that feels safe for you, then mm-hmm. there are people on the internet who are going to say, oh, thank God somebody is talking about it. I feel less alone now. That's 100% going to happen. Oh, yeah. But it all comes down to how you feel and whether you feel safe and also reaching out for help if you need it. Um, but vulnerability can also be trying to be funny. God knows. I think I feel the most vulnerable when I'm trying to tell a joke and it doesn't land. Oof, oof, let me tell you. <laughs> you know the musician Amanda Palmer? I don't. She's a singer-songwriter. She ha- uh, is one half of a punk band called the Dresden Dolls. They are oh, yes, yes, yes. Brechtian cabaret punk. Yes. Um, she did a big world tour that I went and saw her at. And she told this story about what she uses as a bit of her North Star that I really like. Mm. Um, It's this phrase, if you can, you must. Mm. Tell me more about that. Tell me what you don't have to, but if you can, you must. If there is something that is gnawing at you that wants to get out, if you can share it, share it. If you can't, if it's not the time, if you're not ready, don't. Mm. But if you can, you must. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I had a friend, um, I have a friend, Candice, who uh, told me that your story isn't about you. It's about the person who needs to be blessed by hearing it. And I always think about that in those moments where I'm like, am I really going to talk about Black Lives Matter? Am I really going to speak up about the abortion ban in Texas? Am I really going to put myself out there um, talking about trans rights? And every single time I think about Candace saying, it's not about you. It's not about how, it's not about my opinion and trying to convince someone of something. It's simply making it safe for somebody else to share it or see themselves reflected or then 
have a domino effect of getting courage to talk to their family about it, whatever it is, like there's, it's so, uh, it takes the pressure off a lot of times Mm -hmm. to be like, your story is not about you, your opinion's not about you. Um, it's about the person who needs to hear it. Mm -hmm. I love that. Which I feel like that's the same for art. This podcast is supported by Better Help. Magic makers, if you're listening to Find Your Magic, it means that you know how important it is to prioritize your mental health, which is why I am so happy to share about a platform I personally believe in, and that's betterhelp.com, H-E-L-P. I personally went through a period when I genuinely wanted to find a professional therapist, but I was having the hardest time finding somebody a who I wanted to work with and b who I could actually afford. So better help. It's the easiest, most accessible way to connect with and talk to a professional counselor about whatever's going on for you. Here's the gist of how it works. So better help is an online therapy platform that matches you with a licensed trained, experienced, and accredited therapist. Once you match with a therapist that's best for you and your needs, you're able to start communicating in less than 48 hours. Plus, and honestly, this is a huge reason I believe in and love BetterHelp. It's affordable because nobody should be excluded from getting the help they need because they can't afford it. So not only are the rates extremely affordable, but they even have financial aid available for anyone who needs it. So if you want 10% off your first month of therapy on BetterHelp, head to betterhelp.com slash findyourmagic or enter the promo code findyourmagic at checkout. Find your magic's all one word. So that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash findyourmagic for 10% off your first month of therapy. Would you, I would love for you to talk about this because this is something I struggle with a lot um, in the creative process, which is tweaking as a form of procrastination, sharing the thing. Procrastination, (laughs) my favorite pastime. Right. And Uh often I find that I use tweaking as like a, a, band-aid whitewash whatever Mm -hmm. for like oh it's just not ready but it's like no I'm just I'm dragging my feet like I'm not being brave right now (laughs) Hmm? there's a great line uh by another artist um her name's Jessica Heesh and uh she says the work you do while you procrastinate is probably the work you should be doing for the rest of your life So the good news for you is procrastinating on the thing you are doing (laughs) is the work you're doing. So that's a plus in that category. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, I I will often draw something, do it, edit it, and the next day it's up and away and I move Mm -hmm. on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, with the, like Pumpkinhead doing some self-damage, there are things that I, I sit on because I'm not quite ready to put it out there. Mm-hmm. And then there's the in-between, which I think is what you're talking about. Totally. Mm-hmm. That it's like not 
it's not so heavy that I can't do it. And it's not like so time sensitive that I need to get it out right now that I just have to click the button and be done. Mm-hmm. That like, it's a little bit of like picking at myself, I find of like, mm, this isn't perfect. Like this mm-hmm. isn't enough. It kind of goes back to that over polishing yeah, thing. Totally. That like sometimes you just have to do the thing. Speaking of sometimes you have to do the thing. Mm-hmm. What about people who are not in a place yet to make art their full-time job? How, because when I met you, um, it was very much almost more of a hobby. And now you've mm-hmm. really leaned into doing art a lot more. You're doing commission, like your, your journey as an artist is, has led you to what it is now, which is a lot more like commissions and things that you've mm-hmm. said. But when I met you, God, oh man, what, 10 years ago, probably. I want to say probably, yeah. um, it was definitely more of a hobby and you were carving out time to do it. Can you, can you, uh, time warp back to, to 10 years ago, Matt? And yes. what would you, what would you say to someone who's like trying to find time to do their art? So art is still not my full-time job. Right. I mean, it is, it is, a, art is a full-time job. Right. Uh, I also have a part-time job. <laughs> but as, yeah, you mean like for money as yes, to yes, pay yes, rent. Yes. I also bartend live life. on yes. the side. Yes. Um, fortunately, I'm doing, uh, I'm lucky to do part-time bartending instead of full-time bartending mm-hmm. because my art career has progressed, as you said, yeah. to being a, a bigger source of income than it has been in the past. There you go. Um, I find that the me in the past stayed out late Mm. and got up late (laughs) and had a slow morning and procrastinated doing the thing that Mm. I had been saying that I want to do. Me today gets up at 7.30 a.m. every morning. I have coffee, walk the dog, go into the studio, do the thing before I have to get showered, changed, go to my bar job, come home, go to bed, and do it again tomorrow. Yeah. A regular schedule where I stay conscious of the, the final goal, like the big picture in the mm-hmm. end of that. Yeah. I, I don't go to the bar job. I just go to the studio. Um, helps me when I'm groggy in the morning and I don't want to be awake Yeah. or, you know, when I want to roll over when my alarm goes off. Or that sort of thing. <laughs> um, Did you find for, that that happened slowly or was there like something that woke you up and was like, you know what, if I don't do this, then I'm never going to do it. I, uh, I had a wake up call. Um, it was a while ago. The person who connected Kelsey and I is my husband. Yay. And yeah. <laughs> he's uh, the best human. We love him. He's the best human. Um, there, he was living in Brooklyn at the time and I in Manhattan. And uh, I had traveled to spend the night at his place and got there and was in a foul mood. <laughs> um, he was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I 
can't believe I waste so much time like coming out here just to hang out and I'm not getting anything done. And I was blaming him mm. for my lack of productivity. And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> By the way, Alex is like very well-versed in psychology. So I yes. can imagine yeah, yeah, that yeah, this yeah. conversation- And he gave me permission the to books. tell the story. Great. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I am not your problem. You are your problem. He's like, yeah. you tell everyone that you're an artist and you talk about art all the time. I haven't seen you produce anything in months. What have you been doing? And it hit me like a ton of bricks. It's like, it's like that. Um, That's beautiful. That shot actually. In like Jaws. may we all have that moment. Yes. It's like that shot in Jaws, the like vertigo where they uh, dolly the camera back, but zoom in at the same time. So it has that like expanding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just like blew my mind. And I was so mad at him because he was so right. Right. <laughs> he called me out. Someone who I love and respected called my shit out and yeah. it hurt, but it made me change. Yeah. And so wow. I was a lot more conscious from that point on of blaming other things for my lack of productivity. Looked at it in a way of like, what do I need to do for myself to do this thing that I want to make me happy? And I yes. have been four years moving in that direction. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That is awesome. Thank you for the permission of sharing that. Um, I, God, he's so freaking smart. So annoying. <laughs> and adorable. May, may we all have a, an Alex in our lives. Um, I love that so much. And I love what you said about like admitting how much it hurt because um, I think that the only way forward is through. And the only way through is acknowledging sometimes I am hurt in the moment because this is true, not because this person's being mean, not because, mm -hmm. um, like really taking a second to identify where is the truth in this statement. And then also I want to say that like, another thing you said about doing the thing that's supposed to be making me happy Mm -hmm. Um, the waking up early, the getting in the studio, um, and blocking that time off, it's not just work. It's also self-care. Mm -hmm. There's actually quite an important element of mental health in having your own back in when you do the thing that you promised yourself you were going to do. It, it feels so good. It feels so good. It feels better than anything. Having your own back, maintaining a boundary, like whatever it is, it's just, it's, it's the best feeling. And then you can show up as a better human for the people you love. Mm -hmm. And then you so... can marry them and like, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You can. Again, I'm so much more mentally sound when I have time or make time 
to do my art. It is my meditation, my personal space, my like my quiet time to like sit and listen to my podcasts mm -hmm. and uh, music or whatever it happens to be at the time and methodically draw something that is ultimately a small piece of myself, of my soul, um, is so gratifying. And that gratification makes me happy and making me happy <laughs> makes me stable. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And executing it over and over and over again and realizing in the moments when you don't feel like doing it, those are the moments that it's most important to do it. Mm -hmm. It's just how it goes. <laughs> mm. So Matt, speaking of continually producing art and it making you happy, how can people support you? I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what's going on right now when this episode airs, which is Inktober. You want to tell yes. the people, tell people about Inktober? So uh, the greatest thing you can do for me is to uh, follow me on Instagram. It is where it makes me, it's where I'm most directly accessible. Um, I share things most quickly to there and it's it's like kind of a constant feed of and updates of whatever I'm working on and selling and feeling and thinking and all, you know, all the things. It's also just a very fun follow, like regardless of, I mean, it's wonderful that it supports Matt, but it also selfishly is like one of the bright spots of my feed. So thank you. <laughs> highly recommend it as a consumer. <laughs> um, so there is a drawing challenge called Inktober. Um, and every year they release a list of 31 prompts, one for every day in October. And the challenge is to draw something um, that inspires you from that prompt and share it with the world. Uh, and so it is, it's intended to be uh, like a nudge to practice, practice, practice. I love that. Um, so anyone can do it. There's no, no sign up, no requirements, no quality checks, no, none of that. It's <laughs> purely for fun. Yeah. So I, for the last couple of years, have been participating it, uh, in it. I, aside from Pumpkinhead, draw a series of four inch by four inch little ghost illustrations of, you know, ghosts doing cute little seasonal things. And They're then so I great. auction them uh, on Instagram for to the highest bidder starting at $20 and it's only the original. I sell no prints. Um, and let so, me tell you, it's very annoying because there was a Sanderson sisters one two yes. years ago that I still get mad. That was at. part of Inktober. It was part of Inktober. I'm mm -hmm. still pissed about it that I didn't get, uh, that I didn't, um, get it. I went to your Instagram just now to see if you had the list of prompts up, but you might've shared that on your stories. I, I was, did. I did. I shared it for my stories, but I will, I will put it up once it starts in October. Lovely. Um, I wondered if from, there were any uh, prompts that you were particularly excited about this year, or if you don't oh, know off the top of your head, that's I, totally fine. I had a think tank with a group of friends and we came up with like word associations for each of the prompts that helps oh, a lot. Interesting. Um, and one that was a real challenge when we were sitting around was patch, like mm. ah, pirates, like you'd be fixing something, like just couldn't get it. And then uh, someone looked at me and went, duh, pumpkin, pumpkin patch. patch. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe I didn't think of that. 
so that's true. the only one that really comes to my uh the forefront of my mind right that's now, great but... well i look forward i'm gonna now keep track of what day patches and i'm gonna see what you come up with i'm really excited. i think it's toward the end actually great it'll make me on the edge of my seat yeah aside from inktober i also have just uh been selling my halloween countdown calendar it's so cute you guys oh my gosh it's 13 months, October to October, obviously, <laughs> the way the year should be arranged. The way the year should be arranged. Yeah. Um, and it's got like, you know, spooky dates and my artwork on it and an exact countdown every day until Halloween. What, why I'm so excited about it is because I've had this idea kicking around in my head for years and I've been afraid to share it because I thought no one else would be excited about a calendar. Oh Who likes gosh. calendars but me? Yeah. Oh my uh, god, everyone. I was wrong. I was wrong. And it has been like so, so heartwarming to see so many people like, yes, that's a great idea. It's been it's very so validating. Great. Oh my God. I'm gonna order mine literally right after we hang up this call. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so, so excited. So if there are any left, they will be on my website, matthewwoodsart.com slash shop. Perfect. Ah. Matthew, you are just such a wonderful light in this world. And I'm so grateful you came to talk Thank to you. us on Find Your Magic today. You're a light in this world. Thank you for having me. Ah, oh, shucks. Who, me? <laughs> Before we go, can I put a button on it? Yes, please. All right. So we've talked a lot about all sorts of things. And you can learn all sorts of shit from the podcasts you listen to, the books you read, conferences you go to, advice from friends, family, friend, blah, 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 blah. But at a certain point, you have to tune into your own channel and trust your instincts. You have to embrace your weird. Like Kelsey said, it is the weird, like uniqueness, niche things inside of you that make you particularly suited for whatever you do. So do it. You do you. That's all you can do. You're the best. Just do it. You do you. Find your magic, baby. Find your magic. <laughs> what a place to end it. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm Kelsey Foremost speaking with Matt Woods. This is Find Your Magic. We are so grateful for you. We will talk to you next time. Take care, everybody. Hey, Magic Maker. If you made it to the end of this episode, it means you're truly committed to inviting more magic into your life. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and follow Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to this stuff. Each review truly means so much to me. Thank you for being here. Now go out there and find your magic. <laughs>